Welcome dogs, get your goggles, get your Titus Lyker tri suit, put on those compression socks. Why be good at one sport if you can be shit at free? This is the Travel Mockery Podcast. Whilst Mbappé signed his new contract with Real Madrid and 9 out of 10 pros signed their contract with the T100, Jody and Tom are grafting on YouTube and with the podcast. Still <laughs> waiting for our contracts, aren't we, Tom? Waiting I guess they the must have been there. Uh, <laughs> Postman hasn't been yet for the start of this week, so who knows, maybe it might get delivered in a few hours' time. <laughs> but, um, how was the week then, Joe? It's been all right, mate. It's been, uh, been good. Uh, topped it off yesterday with a bit of a low, mate. It was... Uh, five hours on the indoor trainer and it was a bit of a it was I was left with a dilemma I woke up in the morning and it was absolutely belting it down and I was like it was unbelievable it was like was it like that where you were as well 12 hours straight what would you have done if you had a long ride and you wanted to get five hours in you look out and the forecast says basically it was going to rain for like four hours of the five hours and it was chucking it down would you have just manned up it wasn't too oh. cold. It was like t- nine degrees, 10. So you'd probably been, co- if you'd have stopped, you'd have been cold. But like, if you'd have carried on going, you'd have been right. But if you punch it in the middle of nowhere, it was going to be grim as fuck, you know, like trying to fix it, yeah. getting cold. What would you have done? Yeah, yeah, indoors. indoors. Yeah, I bottled it, mate, and went indoors as well. Five hours indoors. I haven't been able to, uh, I mean, in the past, when I started off with triathlon, I would say the first two years, I could do five-hour indoor sessions. I was doing like 10 hours indoors a week and I was like having fun. Now it just cracks my brain. I know, I know. Do you know what I did? Uh, I was watching YouTube videos for the first bit and I said to Laura, oh, I'm going to have a, uh, I'll have a ca- cafe stop because normally if you're doing a five-hour ride, you'd have a cafe stop anyway, wouldn't you? So I was like, right, I'll break it down two and a half hours and then I'm going to go upstairs and have a cafe stop. Um, and I got to like an hour and 50 minutes, an hour and 55 and Laura was going out with the dogs. And I said, oh, when you get back, I'll have a, I'll have a, I'll have a coffee. She's like, all right. And uh, I ran out of drink about five minutes later. And I was like, oh, I don't want to get off the bike and like get a drink because uh, I'll be stopping in a minute anyway. And I thought because it was bad, she'll be back in like 15 minutes. 15 minutes went, she still went back. I was like, oh, wait a little. There's no point getting off now because it's going to be any minute, any minute. So, And I wanted to get as much time in the bank. So then when I got back on it, I didn't have to do as long. Because like if you wanted to get five hours, you don't really want to stop at two and then have to still got more than over halfway to go have you so kick going it lasted like 40 minutes i went without a drink before she got back and i was absolutely parched like because you just go through was it, was just... it, would you say it was comparable to the climb at ironman nice when you had no drink oh that still gives me nightmares it wasn't <laughs> no that would have been like another hour if i'd have pushed it for another hour that would have been comparable why, to that. why wouldn't you why wouldn't you stop i mean i i don't know why but it riding indoor triggers my bladder like i i always need to yeah normally it does that for me as well and running indoors like yeah. I literally sometimes i have to go to the loo like four or five times in like yeah. 90 minutes or something yeah that's so strange how it does that yeah it's yeah. really crazy and i mean if it were a triathlon you would just let it float you know but, uh, <laughs> noel does that doesn't he no you know uh influence extraordinary he just pisses himself on the turbo indoors no not on the turbo yeah. no he post- posted up that he did on one of his reels what? i saw that he just pisses himself yeah i guess uh Training is yeah. just important for him, and he doesn't want to yeah, <laughs> go into the toilet, waste time. There's one way for your post to go viral. <laughs> <laughs> that's one way for someone. That's one way to stink your house out, isn't it? Most people don't are worried about getting damp from uh, riding indoors in their house. Uh, Noel's worried about rotting the floorboards with uh, his urine. <laughs> Thinking about this, right? So, 
Um, runners are really dirty. I had this running race. I'll, I'll get into that in a bit. The toilets stink, mate, they don't they? Oh, my God. And, and the snort and farting and burping at the start. But travelers are kind of animals as well in a race. You know, if they're in the zone, if they need to pee uh, in a marathon or on the bike, they're like, uh, let's get it, you know, let's give it some. But what if... Do you reckon at some point there will be high rocks athletes that came from a triathlon background that while they're whilst they're doing wall balls they're just like flush on the ground? Uh, probably because the dodgy thing about high rocks is from what I saw when I was doing it, if you need the loo when you're actually doing the high rocks, you're fucked because there's no to- there's no toilets anywhere there. There's no port loos or anything, so you're either literally going to have to hold it in or you're going to have to go. On you yourself. Say you're there's no room for gut problems. <laughs> there's no room for if you're a triathlete that's got gut problems and you're thinking of going to high rocks, you might want to reconsider because it's going to be a very embarrassing event if uh, your gut plays you up. Um, oh, by the, going back to that turbo session, the last two and a half hours on it, when I got back on, I put a film on, an old classic, the the longest yard. Have you seen that? No. Oh, absolutely brilliant, mate. Last yeah. 90 minutes flew by watching that, yeah. It's like the guards take on the uh, prisoners in an American football match. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, I try to watch a series right now, but I remember when I was doing a lot of riding indoors like years ago, I watched like uh, La Casa de Papel and the time flew by, but I haven't been caught by one by a series or film yet to uh, to make the, the hours go by on the train really quick. So I, I normally Power. always... YouTube. Power, that's what you want to get on, mate. If you haven't seen that, that's great. I would I would recommend. So if you really like, uh, so if you're on the training, you don't know what, what what you watch, head over to YouTube, search for Joe Skipper or Tom Ostrak, head over <laughs> to our channels because we're pumping out content, baby. <laughs> I'm dropping a new video today. <laughs> the time will fly by, guys. You'll be wondering what you've done for the last few years of your life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, all right. So and you did five hours on the trainer. I did five hours. Techno was there, weren't he? Ready for the after, with fifteen minutes to go, ready to go for a run. Sun was out for the run as well. So uh, yeah, to be honest, oh, wow. it came out, mate. After about two, after with about two hours left, and I was debating: do I get off and just just go out and finish it off on the roads? But then you know what it's like. You think, oh, I'm in. I'm started now. I'm in it. I can't be asked to get changed to get a load of clothes on. All right, but power-wise, do you find yourself easing off on the trainer indoors? So that sometimes, you could, because you're looking at the film and then sometimes you're looking at the screen, you're like, oh, holy shit, I'm, I'm riding 199 watts. No, nah, because I pick a, a hilly route. So, okay. like, the resistance is constantly changing. So we're, And it finished up the Alp. So the last, like, well, basically 45 minutes towards the end or last, like, what took me an hour to ride up it, it was reasonable power because you've, you've got to ride pretty hard, haven't you, it's just, just to get up that thing. And fuel-wise, if you when you rode indoors, how? Oh, how that's interesting that you said that because yeah. I worked it out and I went yeah. through like seventeen, uh, like energy, like products, like energy products, gels, bars, uh, energy drinks, seventeen things. Yeah, throughout the course of it, you know, bearing in mind, like I had like four pow- pow- uh, sachets in my bottles for drinks, four or five. You said like five hundred grams of carbs up and around. Oh, nowhere near like that. No. Oh, because right. in the gels is like 20 so it's probably like i don't know yeah, 200 you use it 22 yeah but um so, really low yeah um but you just take more of them can't you um <laughs> so yeah, it doesn't really yeah. matter does it uh you know it's like the morton 100 morton 160 it's like or just take two morton 100s it's morton yeah, 200 true. i, I don't think it's <laughs> you know really, like really expensive i mean i'm the, i'm 
I'm right now with a, um, a pharmacist developing a new um, gummy or something that you can take on the bike. Because I find with a lot of these things that when you have 20 grams of carbs, you need to take so many of this stuff. So, for example, when you're on the bike and you're riding outdoors and it's flipping six degrees, your fingers are numb and everything, you don't want to unwrap a plastic wrapper every 20 or 15 minutes. So you're really annoyed. You don't take enough carbs. You're coming home fuck. You really, what you ideally want is something with 45 grams of carbs, something like that, and not pay six euros or five euros a piece because the majority of the stuff in the market is, to me, is like way overpriced. It's unaffordable. Well, yeah, totally, mate. Like, I got a discount on the stuff what I was using, 50% yeah. off. And I worked it out afterwards when Techno was there. Yeah. I said, how much do you reckon that just cost me? Like at the price what I paid. I Bear in mind, I got 50% off. Still cost me 20 quid. I said, yeah. if I'd have paid the normal rate for that, not got any discount, I'd have spent over 40 something quid just fueling a long ride. I mean, you can go out for a decent meal for 40 something quid, can't you? You could go to a restaurant oh, and get like a free course meal for that. It's just, it's you know. just unaffordable, you know? <laughs> you need a mortgage if, if you want to fuel your training properly you need to remortgage your house basically yeah yeah but i think that is that is because the marketing is expensive i mean same with ag1 and and pillar performance when everyone well like when every pro athlete is on it and when every pro team is on it you can hell damn expect that you are paying for the marketing you know well with and- ag1 i brought that the marketing got me, mate. The marketing got me. I brought a load of it, and it was flipping rank. It was that I had to yeah. give it away in the end. I couldn't. I, I mean, couldn't drink it, it. The products are great, you know. I mean, from if great. it's if you want a pillar performance, it's all it's all not crap. It's all you know. It's it's all right. But um, the reason why it's so super expensive because because of the marketing, you know. If you're sponsoring a a pro a world tour team, that's going to cost you a hundred grand. If you want to sponsor a Yanis Ferdino, he's not going to do it for a thousand euros. You know, he either wants stocks or he wants like a, a big fee and uh, whatever he wants. You know, it's just it's all going to add up. What nutrition one sponsoring a world tour brand? A world tour. Uh... Oh, a lot, a lot of the brands, a lot of the brands. But I, I can't see. So I've had chats with, uh, um, and that's why I'm going to do it. So I've started a year ago with a friend of mine uh, uh, developing a uh, product. It has been used by World Tour riders. Um, and we're coming out with that in April. And then we're also now developing a, a gummy and uh, a gel. But what I find with the uh, with sponsoring a World Tour team is, do you know what, what the sports nutrition Ineos is using? Uh, is it, I don't know, maybe science and sport, is it, or something like that? Yeah, yeah you're saying, I don't know, you're, pro, you're a diehard sports fan. Uh, now, yeah. as a brand, you're paying a shit load of money to uh, a world tour team, yet you don't really get exposure from it. If you're a bike brand, yes, I can see why, or a wheel brand, but because all the riders are have a contract as a, as a, like a uh, business, they have a contract with the team, they're not influencers. And um, with that being said, meaning they don't care about promoting a product. Have you ever seen a, a Ineos rider saying, hey, everyone, uh, I'm going to show you how I feel my long ride? No, because they don't no. care about social media. No. A lot of them, they even have a bad social media, you know? I mean, they've got some of them have cool pictures, like Chris Froome. He's an influencer. But oh, Who was it that Chris Froome, the only thing I think about when I hear Chris Froome is Quadlock. Yeah. Quadlock, yeah. He must have flipping shares in that company, 100%. 100%. He's the Quadlock king. But there are only a few athletes that are like, for example, Peter Sagan, who is 
uh, marketable and but all the others they don't care they don't have social media so you're paying a lot of money and you're not getting exposure do you know what you can do for 100 grand 100 flipping grand with like um but yeah um in the end your jody with ordering your stuff online uh are, uh, are paying for it so i know of- mate but what do i do like Otherwise, I'll just be like a depleted, like uh, shriveled up prune, mate, won't I, if I don't get any nutrition in? I mean, uh, but some of them, just some products are just overpriced. Um, Anyway, so yeah, you were fueling your ride really well, you were saying. 25 reps. 20 quid it cost me, and it would have cost me 40-something pounds. It's like I'm just getting money and throwing it down the drain, aren't I? I mean, if if, if you did that, like, if you're feeling all your sessions throughout the week, I mean, the amount of money you must spend on sports nutrition, I dread to think, like, flipping heck fortune yeah i've just i literally ordered for 200 euros um sports nutrition uh two weeks ago what did your um coach by the way um what did your uh coach say about your 10k um yeah was that a high or was that a low that was Was it a high my 10k was a high so everyone i did a 10k race i've i've only done a 10k i've never done a 10k race before never uh, never so I've, no i've never seriously done yeah 100 yeah seriously wow so um um yeah this was my first time i've only done a 5k one time and that was during corona after we came back from new zealand it was 1538 um but yeah never done a 10k and mate a 10k is fucking brutal man it's just really hard it's like a, I, I did a one in november of- mate before <laughs> i had the stroke <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's why maybe that's why i ended up getting it like the 10k pushed me over my limits <laughs> you know an ftp test is 20 minutes you know the standard one standard yeah. standard procedure 20 minutes um a 5k race is up and around 15 to 20 minutes it's hard but you can dig in for that time a 10k is it's a bit feasty longer, you know. It's just that much longer that it's it's flipping annoying that you start doubting yourself and your whole body and and so basically, um, uh, yeah. But the time I did in the end, you guessed last week. What did you guess? Fourteen forty. Thirty four forty, didn't I? When we we listened to it back, didn't we? So I was like fairly close, wasn't I? What did you say? Thirty four forty. Thirty four. Oh yeah, thirty four forty. Yeah, yeah, uh, thirty four. Um, and then makes it 34 uh, at 10. I must say, I did a session on the Thursday uh, before the race, and it was three sets of three by three minutes at threshold with one minute in between, and then four minutes in between sets. So it shouldn't be really hard if you want to do 10Ks at the same pace as well, right? Yeah. Because it's only three minutes, one minute rest, three minutes, one minute rest, three minutes, and then four minute rest. Um Mate, I had to dig so deep. I had to dig so flipping deep that. Um... Oh bloody hell! Door again. Hold on. <laughs> so you had to di- you had to dig deep, did you? I had to dig flipping deep during that session. Literally, after like at, at some points, I had to literally do standing recovery. So you know, you're running like over threshold. You know, because so what, you have to what do paces it. were you were you hitting for this session then? Three thirty-three. 333 was it uh and you had to do how many sets three sets of it yeah three by three minutes three sets and i was why was it so hard to hit that pace then when you went faster for the 10k i don't know yeah so we get to the 10k bit in a bit but i said to (laughs) so i was running with menno kohas and for him it's like literally tempo he wants to break 105 for a half marathon in uh in uh, the end of march um 
And I said to him, like, I, I don't think I can run sub 35 this weekend because I'm, I'm, I need to catch my breath. I just can't. I don't have the biomechanics to run faster now. My heart rate is super high. I just think this is what it is. And then Sunday morning, woke up. It was pissing rain, mate. Six degrees. I looked outside. It was not just a little bit rain. It was literally pissing rain. So I called this YouTube guy and he was like, I don't know if I can film in the rain. My camera is going to, uh, uh, I don't, it's, it's not going to survive it. Whatever I said, mate, um, like I've, we've committed, you know, I've said it, <laughs> I've said it in my last video, <laughs> we need to go. And I also wanted to do the 10K because I wanted to see what I could do. So I showed up, Pepe was there as well. And he had a sneaky effort because Pepe uh, did a, so when I did a tempo session a week ago, I ran 355K pace. And after four Ks, he had to drop out because he was like gassed and he couldn't hold the pace anymore. So he took like a couple of minutes rest and he did another three K. So I said, oh man, in a race, you can always dig deeper, but it's going to be borderline whether you're going to re be running sub 40 minutes. Um, so yeah, we were there on the start line. Um, I arrived literally 15 minutes before the race, put the bit number on. and uh, Literally, was... what do you mean you arrived to the race venue 15 minutes before? So you were, you were to literally sprint, get your stuff ready and then get to the line. No warm-up. No warm -up, nothing like the first K, oh. but no warm-up. It was because we were messing around with the audio for the recording. We couldn't get it to work. So it was like, <laughs> like a proper influencer. Um, anyway, the gun went off and I was literally... I. I was maybe in 15th place and I thought like, we're all sprinting guys, you know? Uh, so first K was like 3.18. So I thought like, all right, I'm not going to hold this pace. But, but you like, must've been pretty chuffed then because you had a load of time in the bank then, didn't you at that point? I had some time in the bank, but after 3K, so the next one was like 3.25, 3.26. And then I was like, hmm, I don't think I can even make 5Ks on this pace. Like my whole body started to protest. I couldn't feel my legs because of the cold. Uh, the biomechanics were shit and my lower back started hurting because I've only done two interval sessions. So it's not used to that really long, hard effort. Yeah. And then at like, so my five, fifth K pace was like 329. Six was 329. And I thought like, oh, wow, it's all going downwards from here. But then the last three Ks, I managed to like pick it up again because I thought like almost there, almost there. And then it was like 326, 322 average, the last one. So the 34... 16 for the 10k and i was but do you do you like looking at it every k because i find that fucking psychs you out like i yeah, when i did my 10k i didn't look at it at all until 8k really that was the yeah because i didn't want to know what i was running because it if like you feel like you're running hard you can't run any harder anyway and if you see a shit tart split come in you're just going to be like oh man like you know the now, time's I, gone I, thought, I was thinking this is what it is. You know, I'll, I'll just see this as, as like a benchmark. Uh, this is yeah. going to be going around my threshold effort. I'll just put, I'll, I'll add like four seconds, like three 30K is my threshold. Um, but uh, I just, I don't know. In an Ironman as well, I look every kilometer. Like, what is it? It's always like a little surprise. What's this? Yeah, I've got my um, 10K in uh, just under two weeks now. What did you do before the stroke? What's that? What did you do before the stroke, time-wise? <laughs> <laughs> 30, 31.05 fuck that's quick man so I want to try and go for, so I definitely want to go sub 31 in the two weeks I was thinking yeah. when, I, when I crossed the finish line I was thinking could I have gone sub 34 <laughs> yeah I was, think, I was thinking that about sub 31 because a guy who was behind me with 400 metres to go kicked on and got 30, 50 something 4, 500 because it was uphill and like 
he was like 50 odd kilos and I'm like, looked like the sugar monster trying to eat him. Um, but you've done yeah. some really, really hard sessions. So, for example, like a hard a VO2 session. So you get that real, that speed work. I've, I, I never do stuff like that. Even now, I've done like two threshold sessions and I'm really pleased with this. And I'll just pick it up from here. But you need them sessions for the biomechanics, right? Yeah, you definitely need to do some like faster stuff. Yeah. Like uh, um, to get this, especially if you feel like that. I know what you mean. If you feel like you haven't got the leg speed and yeah. you feel like that, with the biomechanics you definitely need to be doing some faster stuff like legs some... weren't, i mean uh, cardiovascular i was like my my heart was pounding like a dog um and my legs were not really fatigued you know i just couldn't run fast the biomechanics did, weren't there did you feel like because when i did the 10k i felt like after the first k i knew i was running quick because i was like quite near the front and there was a car with a timer on it and you so you could see like even if you didn't look at your garmin you could see what it was and you could hear everyone's watch beep. So obviously everyone's watch is either going, you can tell if it's at the K or the mile because yeah. it's like four minutes, something is at the mile. If it's like two minutes, something it was at the K for the first K. So you knew <laughs> even without looking. And I was like, Oh, this feels easy. The first K it was downhill to be fair. And I was like, well up, but then within like two Ks later, like you said at three K, I was like, Oh, like yeah. I'm, I'm feeling it a bit now. I'm like, fuck, was, like, this is going to be hard. Like- at some point, it even went through my mind like I might not even finish this one. Yeah, I thought that. Like <laughs> no. I got to, I got to eight k, and I was like, right, I'm gonna have a look at my watch because I didn't want to look before that because I'm like, if I'm well off pace for what I want, then I'm, it's just gonna psych me out, and I'm gonna be like, oh, what what's the point? And I looked, and it was at eight k because I had the split, and I was like, if it's under twenty five minutes, I'm in with a shot. And I looked, and it was like twenty four thirty something. I was like, oh fuck, it's on now. <laughs> <laughs> it's on <laughs> it is just, i might uh, get a good time do you know what happened i mean position wise i don't care about this race I mean, if i come in like eighth or 30th i, I just uh, i just cared about like the time like my splits but, that's exactly what i was like i just want a good time but you had these these runners are all so sneaky they see this as their a race this was so flipping weird by the way so i was just at the start line i had my uh, I, I used the headphones by the way so i heard no watch people. use the headphones are you yeah. allowed to in them races yeah, 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 yeah. I don't, I don't even know if it was allowed, but it just. I think that <laughs> I've never seen anyone <laughs> wearing in a proper running race. Fifteen minutes. I put my start number on, close off, and three minutes before the start, I, I literally was there at the start finish and uh, got over to like to some of the front row. But um, I had this playlist, heart techno, all day, all night. Um, so we went with this massive group of like 25 people. And I was thinking like, wow, shitload of people can run fast here. Um, but apparently there was also a three and a 5K race that were starting at the same time or something. Someone said that. So towards the end, like the last K, this whole pack of runners was apparently behind me and overtook me because they're thinking, oh, I can sprint for maybe 13, for 15, whatever. It's a bit sad, isn't it? I, 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 to be honest, I like that with running. Yeah, I do. Yeah, like how it's just a fight for every sprint. Yeah, I think that's. I, I quite like that. Like, <laughs> so I was like, just I was like, this whole bunch of. Like, I didn't even see yeah. it. I didn't even look. And they're all like race snakes. I, yeah. I had this in, in in the pool as well last week. Like we had this whole three k threshold set, and um, uh, there was this. Uh, there was a, a pretty fast uh, female uh, competitive swimmer who was. Um, swimming in my legs the whole the whole set and literally the last 400 meters so the last 50 of the last 400 
she was overtaking me and sprinting towards the end. I said, what's this? What are you doing? <laughs> what's this a race? <laughs> and what did she say? She said, oh, yeah, I just wanted to go a little faster. Yes, I have the 3K threshold sitting in my legs. <laughs> yeah, you just said you should have done some fucking work. Yeah. <laughs> that, with, there was a guy when I did the track session um, the other week, so right, not yesterday, not on sat- this Saturday, the Saturday before. He's a local guy. He's pretty, qu- he's pretty quick. He's got a lot of speed. No idea whether or not he listens or anything. His name is Danny anyway. But he doesn't like leading, so, but he's quick enough to lead. So he made me lead on like the 800. He's like, I can't lead. I can't lead. I'm falling apart because we did some 400s first. Then we had to, had to do an 800 like pretty hard. Um, and then he was like, oh, I haven't got it. I haven't got it. You'll have, to, you'll have to do it. So I was like leading it. And then he came past and like sprinted past me with like 200 to go, 200, 250 to go. And I knew the little fucker was going to do it. Um, but he like made me lead it and obviously we wanted to get a decent half you wanted a decent effort so I had to go out fairly hard so I'm the one who's setting off and he's the 1500 meter runner um, but he wouldn't do it and then this week on Saturday it would have been like the equivalent of that girl I guess and the swimming come past you so then this week when we had the we had an 800 like in the middle of the set we said to him you can lead it and he's like, no, 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 I can't lead it. I can't lead it. I haven't got it in the tank. We said, yeah, yeah, you have. It's good practice for you. Come on, mate. <laughs> Off you go. And we like forced him into like leading it. To be fair, he did take it out pretty hard. Um, but we just like forced him, you know, because like you get that, don't you? In like some sessions where like some people just hate taking it on don't they the, the rep yeah. you know like you'd get that in the swim wouldn't you like with that girl you'd probably yeah. try and get her to start off at the front the start of the session and she'd be like oh no no i don't think i'm feeling too good today like you start off and uh but then obviously they know they've got it in the tank but they just don't want to put themselves like out there do they they'd rather yeah, just like save the first like 70 percent, 80 percent, you know the session and then because they've got loads left in the tank because they've been sitting on the feet they start coming around and start smashing it don't they but i always think like well if they're going to start smashing it at the end they can bloody start off leading it, can't they? You know, yeah, let's see, yeah. let's let's get them to do all the work. So we basically forced him into 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 leading it for the um, for the eight hundred. But what? Um, so you want to run sub thirty one minutes for the ten k's? Do you think an Ironman athlete or a long distance athlete needs to have that kind of real speed work to be able to be good at a hard marathon off the bike? Depends how fast you want to do for a marathon off the bike, doesn't it? Really. Yeah, I'm because like if if I want to be running 250 off the bike, 250. Yeah. Um. Well, like if you think about it, if you want to do 250 off the bike, what have you got to do for a normal marathon? Like, do you reckon like 235 probably? Something like that. Yeah. So then your half marathon's probably got to be what like 111, 112. No, oh no no one yeah 114. Nah, no, what to do what no to do a 235 marathon. I reckon if to do a two thirty five marathon you've got to be in like one twelve shape, don't you reckon? For 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 a half? Oh yeah, maybe yeah, one thirteen, something like that. All right, say one thirteen then. So then your ten K is probably gotta be thirty three minutes, thirty two thirty. But but in it it just doesn't always work like that. Like I'm really good, for example, at the at the long distance, as in uh, really good, not compared to you, but uh, I, I'm not great at really short and hard efforts, but I just can stay sustain a, a longer effort for a long time. You know, like Well, then if you get your speed work up and you've got that as an advantage, then you'll probably be able to sustain a high percentage of that pace. So it'll be yeah, even well, better uh, for you. 
I'm, um, I'm really, if I look at, for example, the last three years, I've been super duper inconsistent with running. Uh, and I just want to like crush it now every week, not saying like crush it as in training super hard and threshold session, but I mean like stay consistent and, uh, but the, then we'll the, reflect in September and November, whether it worked. One of the things is if you're really good at holding a high percentage low or whatever, you know, like a whole, a high pace, but not the speed, if you can get down to say 31 for a 10 K, then you could easily probably run 32 thirties for back to back 10 Ks in a half marathon. Couldn't you? Yeah, yeah. We're so gonna then see. you're going to. That's a 68 minute. That's a 68 minute weeks. half marathon. Then I'm doing a half marathon in three weeks. Oh yeah, but basically, if you, you're always going to slow as the distance goes up, aren't you? So you can't. If you want to run a 250 marathon, you're never going to mm -hmm. be able to do that if you're a 40 minute 10k runner. Yeah, because that's the same pace. So you've got to be. You've got to have the speed knowing that as the distance goes up, you're going to slow down because obviously you're running for a longer duration. Yeah, yeah. You know, at like the fit, speed kills, they say, mate, you know, you can turn the miler into a marathoner, but you can't turn the marathoner into a miler. Yeah, true. But also you've had 70.3 races uh, as well as I, um, where your run of the bike was just really slow. And then if you, well, relatively slow, if you then compare it to an Ironman, what you've done a month later, or a couple of weeks later, it's almost the same pace. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I've even run faster in an Ironman than I have in a seventy point three. How the f yeah, without you bonking in a seventy point three, right? It's just that was just your pace. Yeah, but that that's just. Crazy. But I feel like that's because I've never really executed it to what my potential is. Yeah, no, it's because, true. I, I agree. Because even when I did that run off the bike yesterday, after five hours on the turbo, I was running at one thirteen half marathon pace for ten miles. I could have easily carried on for another like fifteen minutes, you know, or whatever it was. Bloody hell, the door's gone again, mate. Third time. Really? Oh, Laura's going to get Laura's gone to get it. Dogs, mate. Like they're literally they're taunting you, aren't they? Like well, they'd been they'd been all right for a while, hadn't they? And now they're like wreaking havoc yeah, on the podcast. Yeah. I can so see. What do you reckon now? Were you surprised with the thirty-four sixteen uh, time on the ten k? Not really, because I feel like the training what I've done now. Uh, not really, because I feel like you're the kind of person because I've seen in the past that can massively up it on race day from what your training suggests. Whereas like some people, they perform in races to what their training suggests or worse. Whereas I feel like if you're running three thirty K reps, like you said for that session where you were doing three thirty threes and it was really hard somehow on race day, you always up it. So if you were running three twenties in that session, find it really hard on race day, you'd probably end up holding three fifteens. You, you can just always go to another level. I think from your from what you're training. So if you're training well, then you know you're going to be racing really, really well because you can that, always. That is true. That's what I think as well. If I'm training really well, I I am damn sure that I'm going to race well as well. Like when we were in uh, Wanaka before New Zealand, you like you out bike biked uh, Braden Curry on his home course. Can you remember that? Like 320 watts. And I, like good, I was I was I would say I was in a way better bike shape then uh, because I I haven't. Had a great late year mileage wise last year and no intensity last year. So I do need to like build it up on the bike again. But yeah. we wouldn't have thought back then that you would have rode as well as what you did in that race. And then when you got back from New Zealand and you. But, it, oh, bloody, but bloody that's dogs. also why. Uh, so aerodynamics wise, why? I mean, obviously, wind tunnel and everything is super important, but I've never been to a wind tunnel. 
I've never really done velodrome testing and changing my setup yet. Um, I have ridden for 18 in Almere and for example, that time in, in Wanaka, uh, what, which was very competitive uh, versus uh, top professionals. And I'm thinking how much does investing in all that? Well, it works, but for example, for amateurs, I would say spend the money on other stuff. For example, fast wheels, tires, have a solid position. Obviously, position means everything, but spending a lot of a lot of euros for a wind tunnel for a competitive amateur or isn't necessary. But most amateurs would do it after they've brought all the kit, wouldn't they? Like you'd probably even buy then, the kit first. I've, I've never even... I I just can't see... For example, if I would have done 20 wind tunnel sessions and velodrome sessions, would I have gone... Uh, as fast or faster than Starkovich? I don't think so. I don't believe. What did Starkey do? He did four fourteen or four fifteen, and I was like two minutes slower. Oh, you definitely go faster than that, then. No, I don't. I don't think. I don't. Uh, yeah, like what power were you putting out? Three three hundred was it? A hundred percent, you'd go faster than that. Like probably like four oh five on that course to four ten, probably something like that. Maybe even faster. No, because he did. Uh, but, but apart from that, I just, I just, these athletes who go into the wind tunnel like you, same thing, you go to the wind tunnel every year. And obviously you're always finding stuff, but it's not like if you compare your times from now to like five years ago, when you also did the same stuff, that you're 10 or 15 minutes quicker. Do you yeah, think? I am. Yeah. You, yeah. yeah. I, 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 when I did uh, Lake Placid and won it this year, I was 10 minutes quicker than what I was uh, a year or two before for the same power. Okay. On a harder course, on a slightly longer course. Okay, okay, but uh, with with actually with like kitchen testing and uh, like testing in your own backyard, you can come really far. And rough, like this year, I was like set, same power as what I'd done before, roughly, but I was ten minutes faster. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just i'm just sometimes i'm just skeptical obviously it, it works going into the wind tunnel and all that but uh i think the majority is still just like training hard and uh getting you tra- the majority you've got to train hard like if you're not training hard then you're always you're not gonna because that's the big difference you know, a lot amazing. of professionals wrote 270 watts 280 watts like four or five years ago whilst a lot of the the guys now are riding like close to 300 or or over 300 you know 310 320 um, and to be, to be able to do that for, for four and a half hours or four hours, 15 in an aero position and run fast on the bike. That's just where the level has gone up massively, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I think, and also I think the reason why it is like quite important now to do the aero testing is just to keep on the same keel as like everyone else, because they're all doing it, aren't they? So just to keep level, you need to really do it. But back when we were like five, ten years ago, no one was going in the wind tunnel, were they? It was kind of like you just set up a position. Oh, yeah. this feels all right. Let's just loop and go. I actually preferred that because it was more just down to like, you know, yeah. it was just you pure power. Do you know what I mean? Rather yeah, than yeah. like there wasn't really any like refinement. So it was like as long as you did the training, you'd get the results, you know. Whereas yeah. now, like some people can kind of blag it a bit because they get a really aero position. They haven't got as much power, that much power, you know, but they can they can get through it. They can kind of do all right. You were in the wind tunnel last week, right? Yeah. Did you through uh, through Evolve? 
uh well it was myself but he came da- he came down there with me like and helped me out and we like tested a few things and uh, found anything s- new s- marginal gains mate marginal now like nothing massive 20, 20 bottles up the front <laughs> 20 bottles unfortunately <laughs> unfortunately mate the bottles are here to stay because we tested them and uh, again just uh just to see and uh they are a big gain okay yeah yeah yeah, I, maybe I should go to a wind tunnel once. It's just that they're pretty unaffordable. Um, but uh, um, uh, what else was I going to say? So um, for coming week training, what um, block are you heading in now? So it's almost the third week of February. Uh, your first week is coming up the end of March or the beginning of April? Uh, beginning of April, first race, first proper race, mate. It's just the, the the block is just the get the get fit or get fucked block, mate. It's like uh, you'll make it or break it. The Brett Sutton approach: throw twelve eggs against the wall, and the one that don't break will do all right. Will I be the one that doesn't break, or will I be the scrambled one? We will we will find out, mate. Like it's, your, <laughs> it's all uh, or nothing. So the tactique is right. Is, is just like you're always doing uh the double threshold and the threshold in every threshold session and uh, double threshold tuesday on the run double threshold on the bike thursday until you're like in the k-hole and then you like rest for three days and you do it all again yeah no rest mate just keep it going just keep it going until you really until you feel like you're at the point where you need to take five days off and then you take five days off and then you just go back again okay no, no, it's not as extreme as that. Um, yeah, no, just uh, I'm trying to do. Fr- I'm doing like roughly like three weeks of decent training at the moment, and then one week easier. So mm-hmm. I'm going to do this week, and then I've got that 10k the following week after, which fits in really well. So I will take it easier going into that because yeah. I want to do a good race there, and also I want to recover a bit from the last three weeks of big training, yeah. and then. I'll, and then once I get back into training after that, I'll have three more weeks of training and then it will be an easy week going into Oceanside. So it works out quite well. And then after Oceanside, three, I'll basically recover from that, probably get 10 days of training in mm-hmm. and then taper for Texas. So it's kind of like, you know, it works out quite well because obviously you can't just keep training, training, training and then be no. smashed, can you? You need to take an easier week at some point. So taking an, having that 10K and taking an easier week into that will force me to take it easy hopefully push it really hard in the race and you get a boost of fitness don't you from a hard race because i think a lot of people they're too worried about tapering a bit into a race because they think oh i'm gonna lose it or i'm i'm not gonna gain you know the fitness from what i would from training i need to train for a race but i feel like if you go into a race fresh sometimes you can you push it harder and then because you've pushed it harder and pushed yourself to new limits you get a big boost of fitness that you take yeah. into the next block. Whereas if you yeah. don't freshen up for some of these races, you just can't push yourself any harder than what you would in a training session. And you kind of, there's no point in doing the race if you're not going to do that. Also, if you plan it right, you know, um, in the end, in the rest week after that, that's where the gains are made. Um, yeah. Like you're saying, if you're training, you train, it's going to tire you out eventually. Because if I look at my last training block, um, the, 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 numbers i was hitting towards the end it's just not as good and you don't feel as good to, and then if you plan a couple of easy days after that you can like put it in another block and if you like you're saying plan it right with a race if it's like a 10k race a small duathlon whatever it is um you don't have to take a full week easy with hardly any training but just like three days four days like 
easier, like no vo- hardly any volume, whatever, rest up. And then right after that race, you can crack up another blood. Yeah, no, uh, totally. Um, I always like uh, it before a race because, you know, there's a race coming up. I can chill out for a week. Yeah, I quite like that as well. Yeah, I quite like that. Putting your feet up a bit more, can't you? Um, yeah. Like watch some Netflix and stuff. Uh, <laughs> have a lay-in. Uh, Especially now, about... the weather being so shit. It's unbelievable how much rain we've had here. Oh, mate, tell me about it. My pool has been filling up. Like I pumped the whole thing out. Um, and it's literally getting so much water on the cover that I'm constantly like getting that pump on, pumping it off. I've had to like buy some extra like long uh, pond pipe or whatever it is because I flooded the garage and I don't know if I said that yeah. on one of the other ones. Like the neighbors like kicked right off, didn't they? What but, um, I think you've got a bullshit buster. My bullshit buster is because I've seen people posting this and this really grinds my gears is people that will claim a time from a race based on their GPS data rather than the actual race time. So say you do a half marathon or whatever, and you go through the half marathon on your Garmin, I don't know, and it says 67 minutes, and then but your official race time is 68 minutes 10. They'll claim 67 minutes because the Garmin said it. It's like, well, no, you can't do that. The course is measured, guys. You know, like if it's a legit running course, that is measured. Your Garmin's yeah. wrong. You are talking now about uh, uh, official EIF running races, right? So if we're talking marathon, half marathon. Yeah, like legit races. Professional 10K races. So not a local park run uh, with dodgy errors, but like a, 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 a where, where legit professional races. Exactly. Legit yeah. professional races. Like where like people are actually setting proper records that are ratified and would actually count for a world record you know can you imagine flipping kipchoge if he was wearing his garmin it would have said that he'd have gone under two hours for the marathon in bloody berlin <laughs> he isn't claiming a sub two hour marathon in berlin is he guys like the Ber- the course is what the course is you know like when you finish the race that's what you get but i've seen some people do this especially some triathletes and even some professional triathletes recently i can't even i can't name them because i feel like uh <laughs> <laughs> we give some people too much abuse uh but like they're going for like the same they're going posting the time up on his uh instagram and then when people are like well it says that you got this on the results which was like a minute later delete in the comments so we you're just left with the people praising you and giving you the good comments because they genuinely think that that's the time you got but on the results it's a minute and a half slower it's like, come on, like absolutely ridiculous. Like that is, I can't believe people actually do that. And as a professional athlete, I think you should know better. I mean, if it's Joe Bloggs, who's just done an hour and 45 minutes on the half marathon, who cares? But like, as a professional athlete, come on. Like, that's like me saying, I won a race because my Garmin said that I went through the half marathon uh, a minute quicker than what it did in the results. But in the results, he beat me by 30 seconds. And I'm like, yeah, but my Garmin said that I went through there a minute quicker. So you've got to take a minute off my overall time because that was obviously yeah, and, wrong. And these courses, the EIF, EIF courses, they're always bang on, you know, because it's uh, it, they potentially can be world record courses. But I think even if you do it in a local running race, you, t- you take the time what they give you. You still don't use your Garmin, do you? Like, I mean, when I did that 10K at Leeds Abbey Dash, it said that I did 30.59 on my Garmin. Well, I wanted to go under 31, but I wouldn't dream of think, claiming that I did a 30.59 when on the official results on 31.05. You know, 
Like, I mean, that's you're being too I, hard on yourself, Joe. You're being too hard on yourself. <laughs> You're already <laughs> mate. It's just people trying to blag it, like, isn't it? You know, like, I swear triathlon has the most blaggers out of any sport, doesn't it? Like, with all these people that are like trying to get sponsors from like age group champions and stuff like that, you know, and writing to companies like pretending that they're bloody Usain Bolt. Um, like, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, like, it is literally full of blaggers, isn't it? Like, <laughs> I remember during COVID, everyone setting these world record times because they're doing like 5k loops. Uh, with Richard like Murray or whatever, uh, that was it. Wasn't even legit. No one was doing loops. People were doing A to B runs with like tailwinds. Yeah. Like, all right, we're screwing all the reels now. We're just making something up. Yeah. I'm going to pick a run, a 10k run, which is downhill with a tailwind, and I'm going to get 28 <laughs> minutes. I claim that. <laughs> Didn't uh, Richard Murray set some really quick times during COVID as well? Like yeah, four minute run, it. four minute mile off the bike. Um, 13 something minute 5k and but then like on the gps i swear there was something dodgy with it because like the first 400 meters used to always come up in like 54 55 seconds like it didn't really look like it made sense did it can you remember you must remember seeing them videos he was he was um i would say he could literally just show up in a diamond league and and he was literally hitting times that they were doing in the diamond league wasn't he 13 20 for a 5k and that this is remember this this is solo in a training block probably off the bike i mean like where where why is he not racing the diamond league circuit like it's just like if something seems too good to be true it probably is isn't it you know very fishy like the amount of stuff i saw during covid like same with like the biking you know i remember doing like i remember doing uh zwift racing and i remember racing i remember when we got back from new zealand mate because it was just after lock we went into lockdown didn't we and i can still remember it now I was racing against Reese Barkley um, in a Zwift race and uh, it was on the jungle circuit and we're riding around long and I was in pretty good shape and he just, yeah, and going up the climb, wasn't even that big a climb, three, four percent gradient and he just fucking floated off at seven and a half watts a kilo and I thought, Jesus, like I'm putting out decent power, I've just done all right in a in a triathlon. He's just riding off into the distance. And I mean, it wasn't like he sat in and it was easy. I mean, you know what Zwift racing's like. You're still working reasonably hard before you get to the climb. He floated off seven and a half, eight watts a kilo. And I said to him, I, I sent him a message afterwards and said, mate, like, what weight have you got set to? <laughs> like, <laughs> and he was like, oh, I've lost, yeah, I've lost loads of weight. You know, like this is what I am. And honestly, yeah, I don't know if it was his weight or his power meter or something, but mate, he just floated off effortlessly. You know, up that climb, and I still remember it now. Like it was like watching Pagacha, I guess, like in a classic. You know, just riding off away from people. It was like pro cycling. He should be, he should be in pro cycling, not pro triathlon, mate. He was. um that was a sight to behold, honestly. Like, be- <laughs> so that is all right. So that's a uh, a proper bullshit buster. Whereas I must say, um, it also uh, these watches, man. All, in Amsterdam, when sometimes when I run around with my watch, I just can feel that I'm not running five minute K pace, and it says five minute, five ten, and all of a sudden like four forty five. You know, the GPS is going everywhere. But um, I've never had it set at a watch like the one from Richard Murray. Yeah, like we need to, we need to uh, use that because it would be such a good confidence booster. Imagine how good your how high your confidence would be going into some races 
That was a polar, wasn't it? Didn't he use an old school polar? Yeah, but I must say, <laughs> yeah, that was. Right. But I must say, um, when I did uh, Ironman Switzerland, I remember coming off the bike and I started running, and I could see because I'm looking every k, I could constantly see four oh six, four oh five, four oh nine, four oh eight, and I was thinking my watch is off. For the first time, it's off in a positive way, and it really helped with my positive mindset. But it, I was running quick that day. I think it does. It would help with your positive mindset because if the watch comes and is beeping 10, 15 seconds slower, you, you're just going to think to yourself, oh, I'm running like shit today. Must you be know, that's why I don't Must like looking that. at it. Yeah, that's why I don't like looking at it because I feel like if you if you feel like you're running like a nice pace and you're, you're pacing it well, you can't change no matter what the watch says anyway. Do you know what I mean? It's like, that's that's what you've got on the day, isn't it? That's all you've, that's kind of what you got. Whereas yeah. like, um, so sometimes I feel it's better not to look at it. But when you do look at it and it is good splits, it does give you a massive lift though, doesn't it? Because you think, oh yes, like, you know, I'm on here. Yeah, but I, I didn't know that I was running quick up until uh, when I was like uh, um, literally going for one loop and I could see the time on the clock was the same as what I had on my watch. So I knew it wasn't messing around. What do you think, um, slightly change, different topic, on that T100 series, will you watch it? Ooh, yeah, I will I will watch it, yeah. I will I will probably watch it. It depends. I mean, the, when it, the Miami one's probably in the middle of the night in Europe, isn't it? No, I don't think so. I think it'll be like 7 or 8, seven or eight o'clock, won't it? When it starts, or even in the afternoon. But, um, um, uh, yeah, I, I, I reckon I will watch some of it. Yeah, like it'd be interesting why, to see why, how why it pans out. I just wondered if you'd if you'd watch it, like because you're you're like fifty fifty with them, aren't you? Sometimes with the triathlons. Yeah, I'm just not. I'm a real fan of triathlon, but not. Uh, I just can't. Some I just can't watch it. Most of these things, like hours and hours. And I mean, I like the people who are competing or whatever, but it's just a bit. But I like to swim and then see who gets out on the bike, and then the bike is like super boring, and then I like to run. Yeah, I, I'm just exactly the same. Is do you think that's because the bike just the courses are just too flat and just shit? It's just They're like crit style courses. Like They're like flat, boring courses. People riding. So in Miami, I think it's in the speedway thing, isn't it? So yeah. it's literally riding loops in the speedway. I'm also not. I'm also not looking at an hour record in the track. You know, uh, yeah, in the velodrome, because it's just someone riding loops. And if I really like, if I've got a fetish for people riding loops, then I can also look at a hamster. Uh, going nuts in his cage, you know, in, in one of these things. Uh, it's, to yeah. me, it's just not really that exciting. Because That's of the courses, then. Exactly. If it were something like very grip, well, what we're saying, like we were saying uh, last week, an alternating uh, course or uh, just, just a bit more undulating, whatever, I think it would mix it up a lot more, um, especially because the swims, um, everyone is such a top swimmer nowadays. They get out of the water in a pack of uh five six seven eight to maybe 15 you know uh and then you've got this massive pack riding on the motorway one it just doesn't allow it doesn't it doesn't give people a chance to like attack on a climb or or and that's where you like get the excitement from doesn't it yeah yeah no totally i i, I agree with that um one thing because I no one to... is going to be all right i'm just going to ride 450 watts now for seven minutes to be able to break away no one's going to do that maybe did lift but then it, that's it yeah. One thing I was going to say to you about as well last week was um, about that Kelvin Kipton dying. Yeah. Like, oh, what a, dis- what a 
disappointment, you know, for like sport, isn't it? You know, like he had so much potential, didn't he? Like I really was looking forward to seeing what he would do in Rotterdam. Hundred percent. Like uh, I mean, twenty-five years old has set three really, really, really quick marathon times on three different courses. So Chicago. Uh, what else did he do? Uh, London and Valencia. London. Yeah, exactly. All at like two hours and like under two hours and one minute, wasn't it? Maybe one was two, uh, hours. two hours and one for the first two. He got quicker every one, and then yeah. um, in Chicago he did. He got the world record, but he on all three of them, I think he'd finished. With a, he'd closed with a sub sixty minute last half marathon. Exactly, and the last one being thirty seconds off of the two hour barrier. And if you look at Kipchoge, also a phenomenal, phenomenal athlete, but all his fast, fast marathons were all in Berlin. Yeah. And um, this guy, I mean, obviously Kipchoge is more famous, but he's been around for longer and he's yeah. double Olympic champ, but he had so much potential, Kelvin Kipto. I mean, like in five years time, he could have potentially been the double Olympic champion, sub two hour marathon in a legit course. And, you know, what else could he have done? Unfortunately for people, if you don't know, he'd like died in a car crash, but it was such a loss. I mean, he could be potentially, we might ne- never see a marathon runner in our lifetime as good again like i don't even know if like there would be if there will be another person come along like At it the was age 25 it's truly remarkable how you can run that quick like um yeah i can't even run it for a k probably <laughs> yeah, i've just imagine what it, i would have loved to have seen him do a training session because i mean like you see what the top like i see on strava some of the top british runners they do a session like one of the guys who just got the olympic qualifying time in seville like Phil Sessman, he just did 208.04. And some of his sessions would be like 5 by 3 k and he's doing the um, 3Ks in like 8.35, 8.40 or something like that. You know, like the average pace, including the jog recoveries, is normally like 3.05 per K on a track for like 20-something K. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow. But Kelvin Kipton would be putting like seven, seven and a half minutes into him over a marathon, which is nearly two minutes of 10K. So what the hell would Kelvin Kipton have been doing? You imagine if you spoke to Kelvin, because you know sometimes you do a training session and you're like, oh God, I hope I feel like that on race day. If you no. had spoke to Kelvin after when he had one of them sessions where he's like, I hope I have legs like that on race day. Imagine what he would have been doing in that training session. Like you're probably talking like, K, if he was doing like K, like 3K reps, he'd probably be running 240, 245K pace. Do you know what I mean? Five by 3K in eight minutes. Yeah, yeah, but with you a mean kilometer jog in three, right? with a kilometer float in three minute K pace, it would be yeah. something mind boggling, don't you reckon? Yeah, like yeah, on a dirt you... track. <laughs> yeah, three <laughs> K reps on the dirt track in eight minutes with a kilometer float at three minutes at two thousand five hundred meters from sea level. Just like, I mean, like I, I dread to think it would just be unreal to to see that. And yeah, such a shame that we'll never get to see him race again like um yeah terrible news really that is um that is terrible news um on to uh so we had the bullshit buster is there an instagram post of the week there was one i think you sent me one in the in my uh dm yesterday i sent you one yeah it was the walker in australia the walker the walker the uh, the alpha so he had the same shoes as kelvin kipton he was just not going as fast 
Um, so this guy was going on a just like an easy walk. What was the video again? I don't even. It's know. literally a walk. You can tell he's not even walking from a run. Like he's purely out for a walk, but he's treated himself to the uh, top of the range, like alpha flies, isn't he? The guy who sent sent me that put a picture, didn't he, of the price of them on there on the shot when they three hundred and sixty dollars. They cost yeah, something like that. that. And the guy's got them. I mean, it's not even too much the prices. It's just the fact they're made for like a sub two hour marathon. But this guy's got them just going for a casual walk around like a park, isn't he? Don't you reckon he's like coming from a rehab and his legs aren't as strong. So he needs like every bit of pushback uh, that he gets from the car and souls that he can get. No, I reckon he's seen that Kelvin Kiptum and Kipchoge are using them for their marathon and he can do his local walk that used to take him like, an hour to walk the 4k you can probably walk it in 59 minutes and he's like if i save a minute there that's a that's you know it's all good and i think he's he's just trying to save time on his walk i've got or in the past he was thinking i've got an hour of lunch but the loop i always want to do is a bit more than an hour but if i wear my carbon shoes i can like walk this loop around work time 100 percent, mate 100 percent. he's looking at marginal gains for the walking mm-hmm you know, race walkers are on all kinds of all kinds of stuff. There's a program on Netflix, and they are cheating bastards, mate. Some of them, like you what wouldn't you mean, think like it. People and stuff. Yeah, like all kinds of stuff. Yeah, you wouldn't think it with like race walkers. Like you'd think, like you know, I always thought it was for people that couldn't run that they just got into race walking. But you know, they're like literally, they're going for everything. Like some of them. What would be why 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 would they do that? Is is it like a big sport? Uh, race walking. Not, I don't know. I mean, they get lottery funding, don't they? I don't. I've, you never yeah. really see them on billboards, do you? Like Usain Bolt or anything like that, you know? Is it lottery funded? The what race walkers? Yeah, like right. if you're a, if you're on race if you're a professional race walker, like I don't know, in like Britain or whatever, and you're on the team, I guess lottery funded money would be the same as uh, the hundred meter runner. I mean, you might not get the other sponsors and stuff like that from outside of the sport, but technically, you should be getting as much money if you're a podium contender for the race walkers as. You sh- as um, um, I do wonder. I do wonder how you get into like race walking because you can't run. You're 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 someone who's not a very good runner. So you think, well, I'll just yeah, be walking. Still, they still walk pretty damn quick. Yeah, but like, if you couldn't make it as a professional runner, then you go for professional walking, don't you? What is it like three forty-five k pace? Not quite that quick, is it? Like, for, for they're long races, aren't they? Don't they race like? 50k or something like let i know me, maybe like four minute k pace it's yeah. technique isn't it it's just a dodgy it's just a dodgy technique um uh, but like let's be honest if you could make if you could do a decent if you could do a sub 210 marathon you're gonna do a you're gonna be a marathon right. runner aren't you what do you reckon the 10k world record is in race walking probably 37 minutes something like that yeah 37 53 yeah all right and then uh, uh they don't have a half marathon but they've got a 20k world record yeah, what's that like? One sixteen. Yeah, one sixteen. And then uh, they don't really do marathons. They do fifty k, don't they? 50 then they do fifty k. Fifty k, yeah. But let's, but let's be honest, go, Tom. If let's you go could, for the forty k, two fifty one. Wow. If you could be a professional marathon runner or a professional race walker, what are you going to pick? Marathon running is way more sexy. I'd rather be a professional marathon runner and just be top 30 or 20 in the world and be like really quick than flip and walk yourself to a world champion. Like you never have a kid at school when everyone's saying, 
I want to be the next David Beckham. I want to be the next Usain Bolt. Oh, I want to be the next best. I want to be the next race walking champion. No, <laughs> not going to happen, is it? You know, you could get, you could imagine them saying, I want to be the next Kipchoge, couldn't you? You know, I could see that. And it's also, saying. I would even say, I mean, I find it sexier if someone is really good at darts or curling or, or chess or whatever. I would rather be a, darts, a professional darts player than yeah. race walking. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, looking at this, if you run sub three hours, like walking, damn, it's quick. Could I train myself to get the technique and have a crack at the next Olympics for race walking? You probably can. Because aerobically, I'd have the fitness, wouldn't I? Yeah. It's just, could I get the technique? Yeah. And I don't even know how good the standard is in England for it. Um, but how hard is the technique? That's the thing, Tom. Could this be? Could this be our year? Me and Tom, me, and, <laughs> me and Tom go to LA, two thousand twenty-eight. We're, we're <laughs> race going to. Be, we'll be. We're going to be the new hybrid athletes. Yeah. The race walkers, high rockers. A little bit of triathlon, a little bit of influencing. Um, 2028, LA. Here I come, race walking. <laughs> All right, I'm coming um, for you. Everyone, thanks for listening this week. We'll be back uh, next week, maybe this week with an extra episode as our Maxi's right now crafting in the gym and in the swim. Uh, so he can make that front pack uh, again in what race did he have coming up? Super League or something? I think he's just clean. I think he's just sorting out uh, his missus' sock drawer and stuff, so he's allowed to. Uh, so she yeah. keeps him on the insurance for his car. If he doesn't, if he doesn't play ball, he's not going to be driving the caddy around, is he? He's going to be walking <laughs> to the ball. <laughs> he gets to sit in the cabin. The cabin. Yeah, <laughs> he's literally he, he's going to be bag boy, isn't he? So he needs to, to make fair, sure he's about that, about that caddy. Can you imagine how it would be? So, um, for example. You are well. You are a top top professional, and Laura, for example, wouldn't wouldn't have been a GP, but would have been your well missus and personal assistant. So every time you're done with the pool or you're done with the run session, whatever, you go to the caddy, and in the back of the caddy, you've got this two by two mattress with like blankets and cushioning and like nutritionist food. So you just get in the back of that caddy, turn the lights off, and then uh, you go for a little nap while Laura's going to drive you around on your way home. So you can already start <laughs> recovery when the session is done. That's oh, marvelous. Be living the dream, wouldn't it? Could you imagine? I wonder yeah, if that's, that's if, what they're doing in the back of the caddy. Yeah, Max is definitely driving it round, isn't he? For Kate, and, and Kate can like recover immediately after a session. That's great for Margaret James. Make sure she puts her feet up, Max. Like you've got her own your keep, mate. You've got to, you've got her own your insurance on that van. So if you're like an age group where you want to get the next percenters, don't think about going to a wind tunnel or whatever. Get the caddy, get your missus or or a husband to drive it and just sleep in the back. Get the recovery going. Could the caddy uh, tow the caravan as well? A caddy can tow the caravan, yeah. It can. It can. So ideally, if you were with Max as well, you could he could be driving you around in the caravan. You could be like playing cards in the back or whatever. Are yeah. you allowed to? Are you allowed to go in the caravan if you're driving? No. If someone's towing you, no, no, because no. that would be such a cool way to travel, wouldn't it? it if would they were be like towing cool, you around and you were like, 
just chilling out, living the life in the back of the caravan while you're getting yeah. towed along. <laughs> just frying some eggs. But yeah. uh, things <laughs> like the, the one who's driving crashes into something. <laughs> you're like, that is food, aren't you? <laughs> I mean, imagine that, though. You could li- it would literally be like you could be sl- sleeping in the back of the caravan. You don't realise that the things come unhooked and you're literally moments away from hurtling off the side of the mountain. You're just laying in your bed. <laughs> yeah um jody i'll see you next week see ya bye